You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It takes a lot of hard work and guts to make it in Detroit, and no one knows that better than Carhartt. Since 1889, Carhartt's been making the toughest, most trusted gear for anyone who outworks them. Because from field to farm and all sites in between, Carhartt's got your back for whatever lies ahead. Hey, this is Riley Green, and you're listening to the Road to Detroit podcast. And here's your host, Dan Hasty. Change is inevitable. Nothing is always supposed to stay the same. Things are supposed to evolve. Things are supposed to become better, more efficient. If you're not taking steps forward, the argument is that you're taking steps back. The Detroit Tigers made as many moves within their player development ranks as any team in Major League Baseball. They continue to look for advantages. And over the course of just two months to start this 2022 minor league baseball season, players are emerging. And on this show, you're going to learn the stories. And not just the players like Jackson Job, but you're going to learn the stories of players like Kerry Carpenter, of Wilmer Flores, Bran Herter, Christian Santana, Manuel Sequeira, the next wave of Tigers prospects. This is where you learn about them before anywhere else. It's the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. Welcome back. It's the RTD season three, episode one. It is so good to be back once again. We get a chance to tell a whole new season's worth of stories about players that very well could be in Detroit sooner than later. It's wild to think that at this time last year, we were talking about players that are now in the major leagues and comfortably in the major leagues. There's a nice little laundry list of players that have been on this program that have now made their way up to playing in major league baseball as not just contributors, but everyday players. And when it comes to this show, we do this show for you. You have been so supportive of us throughout this entire run that started back in 2019. We've had a chance to learn about these players together. We've had a chance to learn about these players and grow with them. So when you see somebody like Bo Brisky, that's right. Cheers. When you see him make the major leagues, you already know his story. You already know what got him to this point. I don't think it surprised anybody that he made his way up to the major leagues. But we do this because we love it. We do this because you've asked for it. It's the Road to Detroit podcast. It's another season of the RTD. My name is Dan Hasty. Our producer, Nate Wangler, is back with us for another season. Nate, welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be back. Another exciting year of uh, covering these prospects. And it's just so, so rewarding to see these guys climb the ranks and get up to the major leagues and graduate 
on to the next level. And you know the best part is getting the behind-the-scenes story, everything that goes into the game, outside of the game. I feel like that's what makes this podcast special, what makes it different from all the other pods you listen to. So I'm excited to be back for another season. I am too. And, you know, these are kids who want to tell us their stories. I mean, typically when you get drafted high, it's really easy. You get that platform, and we're going to have those conversations. Coming up today on the show, Riley Green is scheduled to join us. I think we've had a few conversations with him. He's the number two prospect in Major League Baseball as of this moment, but he's had his first test of his Major League career. How will he respond? His foot fracture back in spring training derailed what probably could have been the start of a season in Detroit. We saw Spencer Torkelson get promoted from spring training to the big league roster. I don't think it's a stretch to say that that could have been Riley Green as well. So we'll do a deep dive into the recovery and the rehabilitation process for Riley Green, how that's gone, where he's at, and the most important question, is Riley ready? He'll join us coming up here in a little bit here on the road to Detroit. And Dan, I just wanted to mention before we continue rolling along, you know, nothing matters more to us than giving you the best content available when it comes to the Detroit Tigers minor league system. And with that, we were so proud to accept not just one, but two awards this offseason. The Michigan Association of Broadcasters gave us the award for broadcast excellence for our Father's Day podcast with Roger and Cody Clemens back on Season 2, Episode 3. The one I really liked about that is how we got to see the human side of Roger and Cody and the relationship that those two have not on the field. We've seen the highlights. We've seen Roger and Cody both play baseball, but to see their relationship behind the scenes, I thought was really special. Yeah, that was fun, huh? It's exciting to be able to share these moments with all of you and to know that we're able to give you a look inside the Tiger system that other people just don't have. That's really special to us, and it's something that we take incredibly serious. This is what we do. We are storytellers. Obviously, we want you to know about everything that's going on over the course of a given week in the minor league system, but we want you to come away with more than that, and that's why we were so proud to take that award. I guess we're, are we the award-winning Road to Detroit podcast now? Is that is that an official title that goes at the beginning? <laughs> Just spiking the football here on the RTD. <laughs> no, but to Nate's point, we were so honored to receive that award. A huge thanks to the Detroit Tigers. A huge thanks to the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. It has been seven months since the last episode of Road to Detroit hit this podcast page. It's what makes you such an enlightened Tigers fan. It's the fact that we can pick up right where we left off. But time has elapsed. There have been changes in the minor league system. There are new faces. And there are also some graduations are they actually diplomas i guess we'll have to check to see what's inside i remember when i got mine and it was just a notice of how i could donate more money to my university (laughs) first up to the stage spencer enox torkelson I haven't met many Enochs. I feel like we need to ask Spencer about Enochs. <laughs> Alexander Michael Fiedo. Wow, look at him. Just He just slung his hat right into the crowd. It's not like you're going to be needing that. I already graduated. Bo Brisky. 
And last, Cody. Middle name not given. Clemens. What are the odds his middle name also starts with the letter K? Since the last episode of Road to Detroit, all four of them have gone up and made their major league debuts. Congratulations to Spencer Torkelson, Alex Fiedo, Bo Brisky, Bo Bartholomew Brisky, and Cody Clemens. Cody Clemens leading off the Tigers second. I predict a knock tonight. Maybe big knock. There it is. His first base hit as a major leaguer. Good for him. Save it and put that one in the trophy case. Now let's hit the on-ramp. Let's start in the Complex League. The Florida Complex League Tigers, the FCL Tigers, off to a bit of a cold start. They're 0-5 after two losses to the FCL Yankees and Blue Jays and one to the Phillies, albeit there have been standouts. There seemingly always are. J.D. McLaughlin, a 20th round pick, the last pick for the Tigers in last year's draft out of Arizona Western Junior College. That's actually the same school that gave the Tigers Wilmer Flores. So they're certainly familiar with that program. He was two for six, three runs batted in, a couple of runs and a stolen base. And Franklin Perez, we know him well, acquired in the trade that sent Justin Verlander to the Houston Astros in 2017. He made a rehab start back on the 10th against the Blue Jays. Gave up two runs in two and a third innings. He struck out three. Off to low A, Lakeland. Lakeland, the youngest team in the Florida State League. They currently stand at pretty impressive 28-29 and 29 record. Given the fact that they're so young, just keeping their heads above water or at water level says a lot. They ended up winning four out of six against the Dunedin Blue Jays. That's Toronto's low A affiliate. And Jackson Job, third overall pick in last year's draft, his first professional win against Dunedin on June 10th. Five innings, gave up just one run, struck out four, slowly coming together for Jackson Job, learning to be a pitcher as much as he is a thrower. On the year, he's 1-1 one one with a 3.91 ERA and more than a strikeout per inning. Eliezer Alfonso, who started his year in West Michigan, he's starting to rehab down in Lakeland. Nice job, Nate Wangler. He appeared in two games on June 11th and 12th, went three for eight with a double and a walk. I'd expect to see him moved up to West Michigan, hopefully sooner than later. Isaac Pacheco, second rounder last year's draft, almost a Tigers top 10 prospect. He'll be there sooner than later. Finished six for 23, a double, a home run. He hits the ball really hard. He had six runs batted in in those four games against the Blue Jays. So far in the year, hitting about 260 with seven homers, 28 runs batted in, and playing against significantly older competition. Roberto Campos had a nice week. Top 10 prospect went nine for 17, a double. He scored seven times last week in four games against Dunedin. Let's go to high A West Michigan. The Whitecaps, they're a little bit under 500, 26 and 31 overall. They split a six-game home series against the rival Lansing Lugnuts, which is a great name, by the way. Can you believe that these two teams have actually played against one another 422 times and the record is nearly identical? Lansing got a win on Sunday, which actually kept them their series advantage. The record for the Whitecaps all-time against Lansing is 210 wins, 212 losses. Daniel Cabrera is back in West Michigan. Had a tough start to the year in Erie. 
But upon coming back to the Whitecaps, he's hitting over 400 through 42 at-bats. He's got a bunch of extra base hits. He's driven in a couple of runs. Maybe it's exactly what Daniel Cabrera needed. Time added. Tigers' number six overall prospect, according to Major League Baseball Pipeline. His best start of the season against Lansing on June 10th. He faced the minimum 18 batters through six shutout innings, gave up just one hit, didn't walk a batter, and struck out three. He was sensational. His ERA sits around three and a half through 50 innings. He also has averaged a strikeout per inning. Boom! Colt Keith, well, he's hitting over 300. He's got nine homers. That's the good news. But he jammed his shoulder diving back into first base during one of the contests. He ended up landing on the injured list. Hopefully, we'll get some positive news about him in the week ahead. But right now, it's a waiting game with Colt Keith. Meanwhile, Dylan Smith, a Tigers top 10 prospect, he struggled a little bit his last time out. He gave up five runs, albeit three of those were earned in just an inning and a third. But it's been a solid start to the year. The numbers very close to where time add-in is. Actually, one hundredth of a point separates their ERA at the moment. He struck out 42 batters in 45 innings. Andrew Magmo. Liquid hot magma. No, 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 no. Magno. Magno. Liquid hot magno. <laughs> We have to be nice to him because he's a former Ohio State Buckeye. We need to accept him just the way he is. He has a scoreless streak that has spanned almost 20 consecutive innings out of the bullpen. Got even a quick cup of coffee. Ended up pitching a third of an inning on Sunday for Toledo. He'll go back to West Michigan. So far, 26 strikeouts through 21 and a third innings. His season numbers, his ERA stands at 042 not bad, Andrew Magno. That's West Michigan. Off to Double A Erie. The Sea Wolves—they're cruising, 31 and 24, third place in the Eastern League Southwest after taking just one out of five to Richmond last week. But headlining and a big reason why Erie has dominated this year—it's the Carpenter. That's actually just the sound of him taking batting practice. He was a 19th round pick out of Virginia Tech in 2019, named the Eastern League's Player of the Month for May. He led that league in hits, runs, runs batted in, homers, batting average, you name it, he led his league in it. Congratulations to Kerry Carpenter. He has had an unbelievable season as he has just simply continued to stay consistent. And now we got to start paying attention to Kerry Carpenter. We also pay attention to Reese Olsen. Tigers' top 20 prospects been striking out batters a ton this year. How about 81 strikeouts through 53 innings of work? One of his best starts of the year came against Richmond on June 12th. Four innings, gave up just one run, and struck out nine. His numbers, very close to kind of what we were talking about with guys like Ty Madden, Dylan Smith, albeit Olsen's doing it at double A. He's 3-3 three and three on the year with a 3.54 ERA. Next up, somebody who just totally came out of nowhere. He burst onto the scene at the beginning of the year in West Michigan and now up in Double A Erie, Wilmer Flores. He has been magnificent this year. He has been one of the most talked about Tigers prospects this year and getting all the way to Erie as a 21-year-old speaks volumes to the kind of season he's had so far. He gave up just a pair of runs in five innings against Richmond while striking out eight so far in double eight. Now, mind you, he was 
absolutely lights out in West Michigan. But with the Seawolves, he's 3-0. and His ERA sits at 2.57. You know, this time a year ago, somebody like Bo Brisky was still pitching in West Michigan. Fast forward a year later, and Bo Brisky is pitching for the Detroit Tigers. I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility at all that somebody like Wilmer Flores could be in the same type of conversation a year from now. I think the same could go for Austin Bergner. He was a ninth rounder out of North Carolina in 2019. He has just continued to be rock solid everywhere he's gone in the minor league system. Started in Lakeland last season, ended up finishing on a high note in West Michigan. An opportunity began in Erie this year against Richmond. He struck out seven batters through five innings, gave up just one run. His ERA is actually lower right now in Erie than Wilmer Flores, which is saying something. His ERA is 2.52 through 53 and two-thirds innings. He was a big-time high school prospect, and I think the Tigers never quite forgot about him and be able to get him in the ninth round. They're getting a lot more than you typically get from a ninth rounder. By the way, another ninth rounder, 2018, someone by the name of Tarek Skubal. Let's go to AAA Toledo. The Mudhens, they are 30-28 and 28 overall this year, but they have been red hot as of late. They took five out of six against the Iowa Cubs in Toledo, and Riley Green is back. From Alexander, good curveball, ripped in the center. Back and over quickly, Riley Green still racing, and he catches up with it and makes a great running grab. Up to three Mudhens, he'll hit one up the middle, and it's through, face it. Here comes Badu, score, it's going to be eight to three. Big time hit right there for Riley Green. That batting average getting closer to 300 in Toledo was 8 for 23 over the past week. A double and a couple of RBIs. He's hitting 296 so far since going up to Toledo. Zach Short's had a good year as well. 7 for 18. He stays ready. Three doubles, five RBIs in the series against the Iowa Cubs. Of course, a team he's familiar with. He played for the Iowa Cubs once upon a time. He was a Cubs farmhand. Ended up being traded to Detroit. That's a look at the on-ramp. It's now time for best in class of all the players in the Tigers minor league system. This one has made the most noise. And this is a special version because this takes us from the beginning of the season up to this point. We can usually do the last week of games. We usually talk about who did, of course, the best over the past calendar week. But to get to this point, you have had to do a lot to become a best in class. So I don't know if there's a grading scale or something's weighted more than others, but it's a big award to get the first best in class this season. And on our season premiere, we honor a carpenter who's been hammering away. Pitch to Carpenter. Swung on, lifted in the air, deep to right field. Connell going back at the warning track at the wall, and that ball is gone. Touch of all time. Carrie Carpenter, number 18 for Carrie. And the Seawolves tie it up with two outs here in the first inning. Kerry Carpenter has put together a stat line you'd be proud of in a video game this season. He's been batting 310 with 20 home runs and 42 runs batted in. The 24-year-old native of Florida was a 19th round pick by the Detroit Tigers. And Nate Wangler, he has just continued to surprise. The only question now becomes how much further can he go with how hot his bat is has been as of late. He's been tearing up the Eastern League. You know what's really impressive to me about somebody like Carpenter? Of course, he was grinding away at the college level for a handful of years, but 
now in the professional game, this is where adjustments get made. This is where you have to continue to stay unpredictable, but you also have to learn the craft. At this point in double A, typically the cream rises to the top. If you're getting by on just a couple of very big strengths and you have holes in that swing or holes in your game, Double A is where you're going to get figured out. You can usually fake it till you make it, but you can't fake it in double A. The fact that Kerry Carpenter is doing this in the Eastern League should have a lot of Tigers fans pretty encouraged. And he led the league in pretty much every single offensive statistical category like you mentioned earlier. I don't know what it is, but it seems like he's cracked the code. Congratulations. You're the cheat code, Kerry Carpenter, (laughs) and you're the first award winner for best in class. Next up, it's our honorable mention category who came up right next to Kerry Carpenter for dominating the Tigers minor league system over the course of the first two months of the season. Again, there is no shame in getting the honorable mention, or as we like to call it, the Dylan Rosa Award. Nate Wangler is our producer. Nate, who will be receiving this Rosa? Wilmer Flores, the brother of major leaguer Wilmer Flores, also the son of Wilmer Flores, I'm sorry, can you run that back one more time? uh, Just clarify what exactly you just said for those of us who don't know. Wilmer Flores, who is a major league shortstop, is the older brother of Wilmer Flores, who's pitching in the Tiger system, who also happens to be the son of Wilmer Flores. So you're talking about the Wilmer Flores who plays for the San Francisco Giants. He's brothers with him? Yes. And his name is Wilmer Flores? Yes. And he's got somebody else named Wilmer Flores. Who else is named Wilmer Flores? His dad. So you've got Father Wilmer Flores, and you've got two sons named Wilmer Flores. They both play baseball. One's for the Giants, one's for the Tigers. I'd imagine this gets really confusing when someone gets yelled at. I feel like this could be the modern-day who's on first. I feel like Abbott (laughs) and Costello right now. Who's on first? Wilmer! Proceed. (laughs) Signed as a non-drafted free agent back on July 10th, 2020. You know what? I enjoy strikeouts just as much as everybody else does, and I think pitching is an art form, and he has been an artist so far this year. As you mentioned the numbers, 3-0, 257 ERA, 42 innings pitched, 65 strikeouts for the top 15 Tigers prospect coming in at number 14 according to MLB Pipeline. He's been really special. And when we think about the Tigers this year, pitching is the first thing that comes to mind, specifically when it comes to player development. They have put a lot of young pieces in places to succeed. And we talked about Wilmer Flores and kind of how Bo Brisky was on the Whitecaps at this point last year, and now he's up making an impact in Major League Baseball. I think Wilmer should be a quick climber if he continues to put up numbers the way that he has. You know what's wild about Wilmer Flores is that he started this year in West Michigan virtually unknown to many Tigers fans, and all he did was strike out 35 batters in 19 and two-thirds innings. That's about two strikeouts per inning, and he's still been able to maintain a decent semblance of that strikeout rate albeit with a very difficult challenge. He was thrown right into the fire at double-A. You only have 19 and two-thirds innings at the high-A level. It's not going to be easy in double-A. He struck out 30 batters to this point through 22 and a third innings. That's a huge compliment to Wilmer Flores, and I think the Tigers would be pretty excited about it. And he didn't plateau. He went up to double-A, and he continues to pitch better. Eight strikeouts. Again, that's a single-game high. His last time out on the 11th for Wilmer through five innings. Congratulations to Kerry Carpenter and to Wilmer Flores, who is related to Wilmer Flores and also Wilmer Flores. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's the Road to Detroit podcast. It's the first episode of season three. The Tigers asked who we wanted to be our first guest this season. And I was like, it's got to be Riley Green. (laughs) He joins us now here on the Road to Detroit. It had to be you, Riley. Welcome back to the show and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. You know, they asked who we wanted and obviously it had to be you. Not just because you're currently the number two prospect in major league baseball, but because I don't think you'll be in the minor leagues for very long. (laughs) I mean, there's a real chance that people could be listening to this podcast a couple of days, maybe a week or two in the future. And all of us will know that you're on your way to Detroit. So whether or not that happens, you're currently playing for the Toledo mud hens. The question is, are you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good, you know, no problems with the foot, you know, body feels really, really good. Mentally feeling really good, you know, you know, getting, um, getting back into the swing of things, um, you know, getting some, getting some ABs, you know, feeling really good in the box, you know, swinging it good and, you know, just having fun out here, you know, I'm, I'm back, I'm back playing baseball. There's nothing I'd rather be doing than playing baseball right now. So yeah, I'm excited and yeah, feeling really good. How much did the injury make you miss playing baseball every day? Made me miss it a lot, you know, just not being able to be on the field, you know, watching all the games, whether it was the Tigers, the Mud Hens, the Seawolves, whatever, watching, watching all those games, you know, it just, it made me, it made me miss it so much. And, you know, just being able to have the opportunity to be back on the field, you know, it was awesome. Those, um, those guys down in Lakeland, Corey and, and Duncan did a really good job, you know, kept my hopes up and was always texting me, you know, saying I was closer and closer. And, you know, that meant a lot. And, you know, I just, um, I just want to thank those guys for doing all that for me because, you know, it was awesome. I want to go through the injury and the recovery, but this is the road to Detroit podcast. And I feel like nobody's been on this road to Detroit more than you the last couple of weeks, but 
I want to go back to spring training and the foot fracture. If you can take us through that. So, you know, it was in the box. Um, so I think I like, I fouled a ball off or took a strike or something. And then I get, I get a pretty good slider, foul ball straight to the foot. And, and at the moment I was just like, Oh, whatever. I've done this a million times. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna go away in a couple innings. I'm gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be fine. And then hit the triple, um, run around the bases felt fine, you know, and I think a big thing with it was my, my adrenaline was really pumping and, um, you know, it didn't really feel much and then kind of didn't have much action that at third. And, you know, like once I stopped moving, I was like, Oh, you know, this doesn't feel right. And, you know, I scored, got in the dugout and I was like, yeah, this, this isn't right. So yeah, I came, I came out of the game and, you know, come to find out it was broken and, it was not a good couple hours for me because, you know, I was, I was having so much fun. I was so excited for the season, wherever I was going to be playing. I was just excited to be playing baseball. You know, when things like that happen, you know, it's part of the game. It's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen, but you know, when things like that happen, it's, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow. And I wasn't, I wasn't really in a good state of mind for a couple of days, but kind of realized, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this, you know, I'm going to, take something negative and make it into something positive. And, you know, that's what I did. You know, I had a smile on my face every single day. I went to the, went to the field in Lakeland, you know, just rehab through it, worked my butt off and, you know, I'm back here now. So take me into those hours post injury, the ones that were just so rough to have to process who reached out to you. What do you remember? I was very emotional at the time. I was ready to go. I felt good. Body felt good. You know, I was ready and, you know, something like that happened. And I had a bunch of family members reach out and saying they were there for me if I, if I needed anything, which was, which was really awesome. You know, just having someone and a bunch of people to go to if I, if I really needed anything. So yeah, I just had, I had family friends there for me and, you know, I was, I was by myself in the hotel room, you know, just watching movies. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't really do much. So like I said, it was a tough pill to swallow, but you know, you know, I got through it. Tell me about any interactions you had with your teammates or with coaches from the Tigers. Anybody reach out to you from those levels? I mean, yeah, I had, I had, I had some coaches reach out to me. They were just like, Hey man, we're thinking about you. If you need anything, let us know. And it's just kind of, you know, people being there for me. And that's awesome. That's awesome to have a bunch of those guys that care about me. And, you know, you know, if I need anything, I need anything, I can always go to them. So let's go into the recovery process. You obviously spent a lot of time with the training staff, whether it be down in Lakeland or wherever that rehab took you. What markers did you need to hit? And how satisfying was it when you were able to accomplish it? Because it is kind of a step-by-step process. Once I got off the table, you know, got on my feet a little bit, started running in a pool, you know, where I'm not putting much weight on my foot. You know, once I got out of the pool, like that was the next big step, like made me so happy. I was actually, I was actually on two feet, you know, doing things, running on treadmills, you know, just trying to do as much stuff as I can without putting so much stress on my foot. And then once I got on the field, you know, it was, it was awesome. Biggest smile on my face and, you know, back to doing baseball activities. So that was one of the bigger landmarks for me was, you know, being back on the field, stretching, you know, hitting, throwing, 
once I got into the rehab game in Lakeland, that was a, another big landmark. And, you know, after that, I came to Toledo and started playing regular baseball again. So at this point, you're all systems go. Is that right? Yeah, I feel I feel great. You know, feel healthy. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Now, you mentioned all the different people on the training staff that helped get you to this point. You know, you're only 21 years old, so you're still just a, a young kid. Have you ever had an injury before? Uh, I mean, when I was like 10 years old, I, I broke my wrist playing basketball, but that was about it. This is kind of the, the real, like the first real thing that happened to me that actually meant something. So, you know, in spring training, you got a handful of at-bats before that injury went down. So then you go through this layoff and you have to get your body right again. Then you end up in Lakeland for a little bit. Then it's off to Toledo. Some guys, they take the entire duration of spring training to get their timing down. How's that process played itself out for you? How is your timing at this point? You know, I'm feeling, you know, really good in the box approach wise, mentally wise. I feel like, I feel like I'm me again in the box and, you know, it took, it took a little bit. It didn't take as long as I thought it would take, but it took me a couple took me a couple at bats to get going and it just it literally with the hitter it takes that one feeling to be like oh yeah that's what it feels like all right we're back and I found that I think like the third game into when I was playing with the mud hens and you know I found it and now I feel great you know just you know approach is right mind is right and and for me when my mind is right in the box I feel like I feel like I'm really good so Riley Green joins us here on the Road to Detroit podcast. You know, I think I saw you had made a diving catch playing center field in Toledo. Is that right? And did that help put your mind at ease at all? Because I know if I was coming off a fractured foot, I'd feel like a diving catch would really check an important box. It was, it was like, it was like twilight. So it was a little tough to see the ball. And, you know, it was a it was a line drive. The hitter put a good swing on it, but I think he got it off the end of the bat just a little bit, so it didn't really take off like a line drive would. And um, I kind of broke in, and then I and I said, "Oh wait, that might go over my head." And then I realized that it was falling, and I was like, "Oh, gotta kind of make up for it and dove for it and caught it." But if I get a good jump, don't need to catch it or or don't need to dive for it. But yeah, yeah, it feels good. You know, feels good to be back out now. Feel run around on the grass. So yeah, I'm excited. You know, now that we're on the other side of the injury and that now being something that is behind you, one thing that really stood out to me was watching a lot of different Tigers fans take the news, probably in a similar way that you took the news. And there was just so much sadness to the fact that you had gotten injured during spring training because so many people were so excited to see you make your major league debut. I know that excitement is still there, but did you get a sense of that feeling among Tigers fans as well? I mean, I really, I really tried to, I tried to stay off social media as much as possible. You know, that's, that's kind of a big thing for me. You know, I really try not to look at all the media and all the social media stuff. But yeah, but yeah, people were sending me stuff and I was like, yeah, that's cool. But, you know, I, I'd rather be on the field. But um, it's always it's always great having people, you know, behind you, wanting you to succeed, you know, always, always watching videos, always, you know, always wondering about you. And, you know, it's an awesome feeling having that. 
you are a native of Oviedo, Florida, so you're not too far away from Lakeland. That was your first competitive environment. Was it satisfying to be able to have your family within a close drive to come see you play your first innings in a competitive environment post-injury? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, my, um, my family came down for my, for my rehab games in Lakeland, and it was awesome having that support there, you know, having them there. We, we ate dinner after, you know, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just overall awesome. Talk to me about the, the Tigers. You said you've been watching the Tigers, the Mud Hens, the Sea Wolves, the White Caps, whoever it was. You mentioned the Tigers and somebody that we have actually done episodes of this podcast with you is with Spencer Torkelson. And he's gotten a chance to be an everyday infielder, a first baseman for the Detroit Tigers. So it's a reminder, I think, that this game is not always easy and development is not always linear. It is a game that will constantly teach you things. And I know you and Spencer are pretty close. So if you can take me into your conversations with Spencer over the last couple of weeks as you get healthy and he's, he continues to try and learn hitting major league pitching. Uh, yeah, actually, I just got off the phone with him before I, I hopped on this. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I literally, I literally watched all the games when I was in Lakeland, you know, just trying, just trying to keep up with him and the team. And yeah, I, I would, I would text him every once in a while, you know, see, see how he was doing. And, you know, he'd text me every once in a while, see, see how I was doing. And, you know, we kind of kept that, that communication going, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome seeing, seeing him up there and, and living out his dream. So I'm very happy for him. Riley green joins us. How wild is it to see given all the injuries at the major league level? Obviously you are not alone in being injured to see so many different guys that you've played with in the minor leagues over the course of the last year, year and a half, finding their way up to the major leagues. I mean, guys that you had a chance to play with along the way, there are so many playing in Detroit this year. Oh uh, yeah. You know, it, it's always not a good sight when you see, when you see a lot of people getting injured and, I could definitely feel for them because, you know, I've, I've kind of been through it over the past couple of months with this and it's definitely, it's definitely not a good feeling, you know, being injured, you know, being out, not being able to, you know, play competitive baseball and being around all the guys. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely not a good feeling. And I definitely, I definitely feel for everyone that's gotten injured. A couple of guys that I know you've played with in the minor leagues are now up in the major leagues. And I wanted to talk to you just about a couple of those guys, because I know that they mean something to you. How satisfying has it been to see someone like Alex Fiedo have success in the major leagues? Yeah, that's, um, that's awesome. I'm literally so happy for him. You know, I've literally watched all of his starts and, you know, he's killing it. And I am, and I am so happy for him. Another guy who's having success up in the big leagues. We've seen a handful of players and, you know, he hasn't had a whole lot of time in the major leagues, but I know you've played with him. I think it was an obvious inevitability that Cody Clemens was going to make it to the big leagues. And he certainly put his time in. I know that one was pretty special for you as well. Yeah. You know, Cody's Cody's an awesome guy, you know, love being around him. You know, he's just a, he's just like an all team guy. You know, when you, when you walk to the clubhouse, you know, Cody's there, you know, smiling, you know, always positive, always ready to go. You know, whatever, whatever picks on the mound, it doesn't matter. You know, he's, he's going to go out there. He's going to have fun and he's going to rake. Seeing, seeing that is, is, you know, it's just, it's just awesome.
Riley Green, fresh off of recovering from his foot fracture. During that time, you mentioned that you watched a bunch of movies. While you were recovering, while you were resting, give us some good movies to watch while recovering from an injury. I found, I actually found a new show on Paramount. If, it's the, if, you, if, any, if anyone played, played the Halo video games, there's a Halo show out, actually, and I really, really enjoyed it. I watched Assassin's Creed, the movie 13 Hour. It's like a, it's like a military movie. You know, I watched, I watched so many. It, it wasn't even funny. Like I was just, I would, I'd come back to my room, you know, lay in bed, go on my iPad, and you know, just grind out shows and movies left and right. Because there was, because it sounds like you need to laugh after you go through an injury like this. Give me a movie that made you laugh. All these suspenseful movies. I don't know. I don't know. What does this do to you? Like, give me something that made you laugh. I don't know, man. It, it was, I'm a big, I'm a big like action guy. So I was trying to find so many action movies and I don't, I'm not, I mean, I'll watch a comedy movie, but like if I'm, if I'm just, you know, trying to find a, like a good movie that's, you know, worth watching, I want to find like an action movie. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, Riley? Die Hard? I don't think so. No. <laughs> it's set at Christmas time, so people say it's a Christmas movie. I, I don't think it's a. I, when I think of Christmas movies, I think of like snow, like like um like Home Alone, like that's a Christmas movie. And that's a good comparison because you still have two things going on simultaneously. That's not the most Christmassy of Christmas activities. So. That's actually probably the best rebuttal to what would make Die Hard not a Christmas movie. Have you seen Die Hard? I might have. I don't really remember seeing it, but I might have once or twice. Super intense, but it will be on around Christmas time. So next Christmas, do yourself a favor, watch it and reassess this because this is a huge debate. And I'm glad that you pointed this out because sometimes, you know, we get caught up in the minutia, but if you just zoom out and you say, no, <laughs> no, it's not. Home Alone's a Christmas movie. Yeah, Home Alone is an undisputed Christmas movie. I can't thank you enough for doing this, Riley. This has been great to hear from you, to get a chance to hear how you've recalibrated from everything that's gone on this year. And the most important thing is you're ready. And it's so great to know that you're ready and ready to get back for the Tigers, for the Mud Hens, for whoever is going to be playing you going forward. Riley Green, congratulations on the recovery. Look forward to seeing you more for the Mud Hens and sooner than later for the Detroit Tigers. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Road to Detroit podcast. Thank you for having me. Here's a look at the road ahead. Lakeland hosts the Daytona Tortugas. That's the Cincinnati Reds low A affiliate. They've got a six-game series. These are all six-game series now. It's the way it works in minor league baseball from now on. West Michigan's on the road. They take on the St. Louis Cardinals high A affiliate, the Peoria Chiefs. So they'll be in Illinois this week. Meanwhile, Erie's on the road. They're in Pennsylvania taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates double A affiliate. That's the Altoona Curve. So they'll be on the road as well. And Toledo. They've got Wooster, the Red Sox. It looks like Worcester, but it's Wooster. They've got the Red Sox, of course. That is the Boston Red Sox AAA affiliate. They have a six-game road set. That is a look at the road ahead. All right, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed catching back up to speed on everything that's gone on in the Tigers minor league system over the first two months of the season. And now you have everything you need to know about what's going on in the Tigers minor league system over the course of 2022. 
And chances are, if you're back with us right now, you've been following along with us. And we can't thank you enough for rejoining us here on the road to Detroit for our season three. We're looking forward to a whole lot more as this summer unfolds. It's going to be a very busy time. We're going to see a lot of players moving up and down and succeeding. And we'll have a chance to chronicle, tell you new stories about new players as we continue to unfold everything that is all the layers to the onion that is Detroit Tigers player development. In the meantime, if you're brand new, welcome. It's the road to Detroit. You heard Riley Green. It's going to be a lot more where that came from over the course of this summer. Make sure you're following along so you don't miss a beat. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're following along. The road to Detroit is in full effect the remainder of 2022. And that's it. That's episode one of The Road to Detroit. My thanks to all the people who make this podcast possible, and especially our producer, Nate Wangler, on the ones and twos. My name is Dan Hasty. We're coming back with another episode of The Road to Detroit next week. Our thanks to Riley Green for joining us for our season premiere of episode one. This has been the season premiere of The Road to Detroit podcast, presented by Carhartt. Until episode two, and until next week, see ya! No one's been part of more first days of work than Carhartt. And in the same way rookies have to keep earning respect, Carhartt never stops earning the respect of hardworking people like you. From building rugged gear that's tougher than any first day or worst day of work, to re-engineering the classics to outwork the future, trust your Carhartts to keep doing their job long after you've been doing yours. Since 1889, Carhartt's got your back 24-7. Visit Carhartt.com or visit a retail store near you.